We must not be eager for the Lord Jesus to return to bring judgment on the earth. We want him to come and bring rescue. Welcome everyone to this good day that the Lord has made. I'm Joe Van Hoogen and this is the Bread of Life. Our program is presented by the International Disciple Making Ministry Church Partnership Evangelism. I want to encourage you to learn more about the work we're doing all around the world. You can do so by going to traincpe.org and to learn about our missions fellowship in Boise, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Jesus is coming again. He spoke of that in Matthew 24 verses 27 through 31. It will be visible, sudden, and glorious, and it will commence a work of horrific judgment. And yet in it, Jesus reveals there will be mercy too. Habakkuk prayed to God, saying, In wrath, remember mercy. God, all through his judgments, pauses to listen for the sound of repentance. Join today as we consider the second coming of our Lord. And they blasphemed the name of God who has power over these plagues, and they did not repent and give him glory. Repentance and a cry for mercy evokes the rescue of God, and it's the cry of repentance that brings glory to God. And God was listening for it there too. But he did not hear the cry of repentance. And when he comes in the last moment, we are told that they will flee to the rocks and they'll cry out to the rocks. Not to God, they'll cry out to the rocks to hide them from his presence. They'll continue to flee away from them. When Christ was hanging upon the cross, we know that there were two criminals that were hanging next to him. And one of those criminals, in the midst of his suffering, went on to revile Christ even as he was dying on the cross. The other one said, let's not revile him. He is an innocent man, but we're getting what we deserve. And that man turned to Christ and said, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And the Lord Jesus heard in his words a cry of repentance. Lord, remember me. I need your mercy. I need you to remember me. And Jesus said to that man, in that hour, in that moment, and think of the tremendous suffering and agony he was experiencing as he's dying, hanging upon a cross. Lord Jesus said, this day you'll be with me, and this very day you'll be with me in paradise. Christ was listening for the cry of repentance and mercy. Upon it, he was ready to release upon that man complete and utter forgiveness and rescue, even in that terrifying hour. But on this day, the body of those who with unrelenting hearts have defied and denied him will be heaped up upon the earth. They see him come, and they hide. They don't call out to him. As we've said, they call upon the rocks to cover them. They prefer destruction to surrender, and destruction is what they'll get. Here is the third stark reality. Think about that for a moment now. Perplexed in our day and age, perplexed in our time, somehow confused by the state of things. Here's a bracing image to look towards. There's the bracing image of the reality of Christ's return. Not speculated, not talked about, not learned in some Sunday school class. It will happen. It will be real. Now there's also the bracing image of his stark and complete and comprehensive and catastrophic judgment, and you cannot turn your eye away from that. But let's look at one other thing here. It's the stark reality of instant and worldwide repentance and faith. There is confession and compassion even in this hour. Here are the words that Jesus says. Then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. You see that in our text in Matthew chapter 24? Jesus says, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn. He's quoting Zechariah chapter 12. We read it in our scripture reading this morning. 
John will repeat these exact same words from the Lord Jesus, that he heard the Lord Jesus. If we read our scripture and we look at the parallel accounts, we'll discover that it was James and John and Peter that the Lord Jesus was giving this discourse, this Olivet Discourse. John will repeat these exact same words and quote Zechariah 12 as well in Revelation chapter 1, verse 7. It is actually a statement in which, in a sense, John is giving us the thematic purpose or theme of the book of Revelation. He writes this, Look, or behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, and even they who pierced him, and all the tribes of earth will mourn because of him. Even so, amen, even so, so be it. Jesus and John are both referring to Zechariah 12, verse 10. There in Zechariah 12, verse 10, the nation of Israel has been surrounded by the armies of the earth seeking their destruction. And at that moment, the Messiah comes into their rescue and delivers them at the end of the great tribulation. And the armies of the earth that have gathered for their destruction are met by the Messiah like a flash of lightning coming in the clouds to bring judgment upon them. And as they look upon him and they see them, this is what the Lord Jesus says, or what God says in Zechariah 12, verse 10. And then I will pour on the house of David and on the inhabitants of Jerusalem the spirit of grace and supplication. I'll give them the grace to pour out their hearts before me in prayer. And then they will look on me whom they pierced. God is speaking here. I will give and they will look. You want to see a passage of scripture that points out to the Trinity? That Jesus is God, the divine God. I will give them the spirit of supplication and grace and they will look on me whom they have pierced. And they will mourn. They will mourn for him as one who mourns for his only son. And grieve for him as one who grieves for a firstborn. And if you go through the text, you'll see that there's mourning in the royal house, and there's mourning in the priestly house, and there's mourning throughout Jerusalem at that moment. And Jesus is describing the moment in which the nation of Israel turn in repentance and faith in him at the end of the age. It's the, the same moment that Paul was referring to in Romans chapter eleven twenty six. In Romans chapter eleven twenty six, Paul is describing a time of the Gentiles that we also read about in Luke. And Paul is describing the time of the Gentiles in which judgment comes upon the people of Israel and the Gentiles tread under Jerusalem until the time of the Gentile period is over with. But it's during that time that the gospel goes out to the Gentile nations and the church is brought in and we are redeemed through the gospel ourselves. And then Paul says there's coming a day when Israel, who's been taken out of the trunk, you might say, of Christ's saving work and we have been grafted in. One day there's coming when they will be grafted back in. And so... Paul writes in 11 verse 26, and all Israel will be saved. And he's describing this moment in time in which the ethnic people of Israel gathered in Jerusalem, as Zechariah tells us, will look upon the one whom they've pierced and they'll be granted this spirit of repentance and supplication and out of their lips will pour out this confession and this cry. And I actually think Isaiah 53 are the words they're going to say as they see Christ coming through the clouds to rescue them and deliver them from their own destruction as the nations are massed against them and they see him coming and they see this one who is bearing in his side and his hands the marks of his wounds of the crucifixion and they see it and all the earth sees it. They will cry out and say, looking upon him, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken and smitten of God and afflicted, but he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement that brings us peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. 
Oh, we like sheep have gone astray. And the Lord has laid upon him the iniquity of us all. And in that moment, that great day of confession, Christ's compassion will roll out to them and forgiveness and cleansing and washing. In the last hour, in the hour of judgment, will also come the hour of great deliverance. But here's the interesting thing. Zechariah only had his eye on Israel in Jerusalem in that moment. Zechariah says Jerusalem will see them and they will be granted this spirit of grace and of confession and supplication and they will mourn and they will cry out and their deliverance will come and their sins will be washed away. And, but the Lord Jesus adds in referencing Zechariah 12 and John adds in referencing Zechariah 12 all the tribes of men all the tribes of the earth will see him and mourn. What is this? Is this not a description of these last minute confessors not only being in Israel but being across the earth? Those who have kept themselves from the mark of the beast and those who have survived that day will look upon him as he comes. Those who have survived that hour, those who may have resisted him up to that moment in that stark day will look upon the one who is coming and they'll cry out to him. It goes on to say that at the hour there will also be a stark reality of a calling into safety and a gathering in of a completed community to Jesus Christ from every wind and all the four winds of heaven. But I just want you to see here that this morning that Zechariah prophesies that will come to all Israel on that day, Jesus and John tells us will also come upon all the tribes of all the people of the earth. The tribes of the earth shall mourn. God listens for the cries of repentance and calls for mercy. And on that horrible day, the cries will rise up from all over the earth. Criminals on their crosses in the midst of their suffering will cry out from around the earth, Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me. Jesus, remember me. And in that stunning hour of tremendous judgment and wrath, Habakkuk's prayer will be heard and answered. In wrath, O oh God, remember mercy. And he shall. It'll be a day of great mercy too. That's the thing to look to. Great judgment. Great judgment. Oh, the cost of rebelling and resisting God. Oh, the cost of turning from Him and trying to solve your own problems and your own power. Oh, the cost of seeking your own independence. But even in the hour of His great judgment... He's listening for the cry of repentance and the call for mercy and he's ready to relent and give it and he does. And immediately after that morning, it says he gathers from the four winds his elect, those that he's brought to himself. We work and we labor. We long to see our children. We long to see others brought to Christ. We do it in light of this wonderful truth that Jesus Christ has died for our sins, but we also do it in light of a judgment that's coming that men may escape. We do it because now for us, this is our night, but our day is coming. Our endless day is coming, but this is the world's day and their endless night is coming. Should they turn away from him and reject him? We do it because we want them to experience the endless eternity that waits for them in heaven. We want them to enter into the joy and the satisfaction we have in Christ. We don't live in fear. We don't live in confusion. We know the stark realities of what Christ said he's going to do. We believe it. We know it's true. We look to him with clarity and vision even in the midst of the time we're in. We grieve at the judgments as we see them fall. They remind us of greater 
judgment still to come. But in the end, let it also remind you, mercy is to be found. Oh, the triumph of grace and mercy. It's what we long for. It's what we work for. That men might come to repentance. God will not forget it even in the last hour. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Such a vision as this, O God, not merely a vision, a forecast of things to come, more real than we might know, (laughs) more real than all of our thoughts and all of our imaginations, complete and vivid reality. It is coming. You are coming. But, oh God, how we praise you and thank you that you're also coming not only to judge, but to deliver. We thank you for that. We thank you that if we come with you in your army and we are descending with you at that moment, if we're not the ones here on earth, we're descending with that moment, oh God, we thank you that in the midst of judgment you're going to remember mercy. It'll be our great delight. See the great longing of our hearts, the great longing of the heart of men and women who know the saving grace of Jesus Christ that others might know it still. But even then, Even then, in that hour, our longings will be fulfilled. We praise you for that. We want to live in light of those things. Well, thank you for listening to the Ministry of the Bread of Life. To learn more about our ministry, let me suggest you go to one of two websites. Go to traincpe.org to learn more about the work we're doing all over the world to equip and engage the body of Christ in personal evangelism, discipleship, and church planting. Or to learn about our work in your community, go to breadoflifeboise.org. Until the next time, God bless you.